Let's go! What's up, guys? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Luke, Kathleen, and Kyle. Today, we're going to be covering Season 7, Episode 2 of the CW show, The 100, entitled The Garden. Before we get started, I want to shout out two groups, The 100 World Crew and The 100, the CW TV series on Facebook. They've been awesome with supporting the podcast so far, and we're happy to be collaborating with them to discuss the new season. Be sure to join them for more The 100 content. So... A lot to unravel from this episode, guys. A lot to get into. So let's start with talking about the bridge. We finally get some answers. Let me jump in here because before we start talking about this amazingly complicated episode that is, I can speak for the whole group here. I think we loved it. Um, I want to quickly talk about some new terms we're going to be using that um, kind of that we kind of got exposed to this episode, this most recent episode. So the main planet that all of our main characters are on, specifically Clark and Sanctum and all that whole group, we're going to be referring to this planet as Alpha. So anytime we're talking about it, it's not going to be referred to as Sanctum. We're going to use Alpha. And the planet that Dioza and Octavia and Hope started on, that's going to be referred to as Beta. I know they specifically name-dropped Skyring, but I think it's going to be much easier for us as we're just talking about the episodes if we keep it simpler between Alpha and Beta. And the third term that we got introduced to in this episode, um, I believe they called it the biometric conscious code. And what we're going to be calling it for the rest of this podcast is the bio code. Okay, so like Brian said, we I think collectively we might have watched this 15 times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really tough episode, so we're going to like break it down. So what is the anomaly slash bridge and where does it lead? So we're going to start in Alpha, and we know that's where Sanctum's located and the rest of our heroes. So you can move from Alpha to Beta, a.k.a. Skyring, and the prison. And then you can move to Bardo. So, And we all agree, we besides Bardo to Beta, we don't really know how to hop other than that. Correct? Yeah, we haven't been shown anything past yeah. that. Okay. So it the bridge is, or a transit system, there's three different ways to travel. So you can either get sucked in or walked in, like Dioza, Hope, Echo, all them. Um, the second way is a locator tag, tag, which we saw when Hope stabbed Octavia, and it has to be deep in or else you can get turned inside out is what they say. And the third way is an anomaly stone with a code like we saw. We don't know if it's ancient or the people on Bardo. We don't know where the anomaly stone um, comes from, and that's where the bio code. So it's the biometric signature consciousness code, and everyone has a unique one. But we don't know who knows what codes or where they're coming from. But we know that if you plug it in, it'll suck you to whatever planet it is. So I guess that's another way that you could get sucked in from maybe one that's not on that track. Alpha, Beta, Bardo. I mean, we know that it's possible to figure out your own code because Octavia has hopes tattooed on her back. Right. And how did they figure that out? Well, I think that's kind of supposed to still be a mystery. We don't know how that tattoo ended up on her back, who gave it to her, who was able to acquire that information. That's a very good point. I mean, we learned a lot of things this episode, but there's a lot of things for us to figure out. So let's start breaking down uh, kind of the two timelines that happened in this episode. The one is, for lack of a better term, the past with Dioza, O, and Hope. And then the other one we'll talk about a little later will be uh, Gabriel, Echo, and Hope back on Beta. So one of the first scenes that we get in this episode is Octavia coming out of the lake on planet Beta. And we later come to learn that this is, under the lake, is the location of the anomaly bridge on on Skyring Beta. So what Octavia is doing, she's a little confused. She doesn't know where she is. She's she's looking around for Dioza. 
So she makes her way to the closest shore and she starts hearing some intense, painful screams. We find out a couple seconds later that she's running over to Dioza and Dioza is full on ready to pop nine months into her pregnancy. What would Dioza even have done? Like just birthing itself, be like chilling. Like she passed her, she passed out immediately. A second later, I know Octavia would have came through. Then Dioza would have been by herself, possibly even dead. We might not have even gotten yeah. our new hero hope. So and, ah, that's crazy. And that's yeah. our first time dilation. So we know Octavia walked in seconds after her, and yet it was three months later. And that's our first like, okay, what the fuck is happening? And uh, Beta is the farthest from the black hole we know, so that's why time moves different and faster. Yeah. So so. Absolute confirmation that seconds on Alpha, which is where Clark and team are, is equivalent to three months on Beta. And that, that explained that whole time jump for, for Dioza's perspective. So after that, we get a little bit of a time jump. How old is Hope? Hope's like three. She's three in the yeah. first scene that we mm-hmm. get there. Yeah, so we know that they're, they're spending a significant amount of time on Beta. And because we already got the confirmation that Alpha time is moving really slow... We, we we get more of a confirmation on what we talked about in the last episode, how Antio and Hope have such a close relationship when basically no time has gone by. So that gives us a little bit more post post uh, watch weight on their relationship and just how close Dioza, Antio, and Hope actually got in this um in beta. It's pretty nice to see Octavia like happy again. I feel like this is kind of like a rebirth of her back to like season one Octavia, who's just like happy to be alive and finally like out from under the cellar. Like she was for so long just like in this darkness. Now she's happy. You know, she kind of has this family with Dioza and Hope. And it's like really nice to see because that's Octavia at her best, in my opinion. Yeah, I have, I just have a question that it might just be completely going over my head, but Octavia holds Hope as a baby, as she's just born, mm-hmm. looks at her and says, you're just like me. Thank you, Belle. Belle, um, bir- like, birthed Octavia from her mom. Okay. And then, and then stuck his finger in her mouth. Oh, okay. And was okay. like, thanks, Belle. Because that's what he, I mean, he had to, like, his mom was like, deal with it. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. That too. was an awesome moment It was a parallel, yeah. Because, for me, that was, like, Octavia's biggest actual, um, emphasis on character development like two seasons ago she was killing humans and eating them and yeah. being a fucking badass yep. bitch just murdering everybody and now she's holding this little baby and sticking a cute little pinky in her mouth oh it's unbelievable god it's so good i want to say like if you seasons one or two were on the ground there's grounders there's this and that if you were to drop this episode to me while i was in one and two i'd be like what the fuck show different is show yeah, octavia yeah. is the only like besides a few mentions of clark bellamy murphy i mean bellamy a lot Unbelievable, but one of the best episodes of the series for sure. Definitely one of the best and one of the most complicated. So that's why we're trying to take our time here and make sure we hit all these important concepts because we're just as confused as you guys. We're just trying to put it together in a consumable format, you know? So going forward, they're of the understanding during this Dioza, Octavia, and Hope timeline that, well, Octavia mainly is the one trying to get back to Alpha that their way back, their ticket back to Alpha would be to swim to the bottom of the lake to get back to the anomaly, correct? Correct, and now yeah. we know that that is not true by the end of the episode. Right. Because the bridge only leads Alpha, Beta, Bardo. You can't go backwards the other the other way. And we might get new information that tells us different, but as of right now, we just have to act with what's confirmed for us. So basically, what happens is... Octavia writes this amazing letter to Bellamy, which is like so hard. I'll talk about character arcs and like learning your lesson and coming coming into yourselves. She writes this letter, sends it, and actually Bardo gets it because that's the way to Bardo. 
I guess, yeah, that's you jump in. That's Same the way to spot, yeah. 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 So that's why they get captured at the end, which we'll talk, we'll get to as well. But goddamn, was that letter fucking heartfelt. And just for a little bit to dumb it down even more, if you are using the the physical anomaly to transport yourself, as far as we know, it's completely linear. Yes. That can only take you alpha, beta, bardo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which was not known by them at the time. Yeah, I really like how the note is written, too, because... Uh, it kind of saves hope in yep. a way because the way it's written is I still have hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Bardo people would not be privy to the information that hope is a person. And, and then not you get, Octavia, you fool, there is no hope. I was like, no, my heart, my soul. Now, this is, I don't even know if I brought this up to you guys yet, but she references Bellamy. Obviously, it's addressed to Bellamy. Do we think that's why Bardo targeted him in episode one? They seem oh, pretty wow. They seem pretty unaware uh, they cared about getting him more than the other people. But why? Because, and that's a thing that I was thinking too. It's like, they write a note. I guess that's their prison and they don't want just random strangers there and they don't want people going through their anomaly, quote unquote. But I'm like, why do they care about Dios and Octavia? It's like, just let them go back to Earth or something. They could certainly be nicer about it. Yeah. That, that I don't, I don't, true. I see what you're saying when you're, when the note could be the reason that they wanted Bellamy. At least maybe that's the first time they became aware of Bellamy. But I don't think there's enough there. I think we're going to get a, a lot more explanation and flashbacks in the coming episodes showing the gap in between where Hope leaves Beta and then ends up on Earth. And I think part of that is going to explain the need for Bardo to send all their units to come get Bellamy. Do you think that it is going to be something like the anomaly calls to certain people and that's why like Octavia like came right in, came right out, we don't know what happened, whatever it is? Well, Dioza did specifically say that the reason that the anomaly called to her and her baby to bring her to that place was because that, uh, what did she end up saying? She was like that, that, I don't know. It was Well, she, I just think she meant like it was fate because Diozo didn't belong on earth. Like she didn't feel like she belonged on earth. Nobody wanted her there. Yeah. She was an enemy alpha. forever. Yeah. Sorry. On alpha, yeah. earth and alpha. Both, yeah. <laughs> like literally yeah, yeah. no matter where she went, the minute she showed up to sanctum, they were like, fuck you, dude. Mm-hmm. Referring to Octavia, that is? No, referring to Dioza. Okay, like, Dioza, Dioza like, yeah. walked into Sanctum, and they were like, uh, the Dioza? Nah. Yeah, they had, like, storybooks about the killer yeah. Dioza. From, they have her know. in textbooks. Yeah. And it's funny awesome. that that's a thing, because Dioza was honestly my favorite part of this whole storyline. I thought it was very nice seeing her, like, in this position. Like, being a good mom. Like, when she, like, is, like, uh, the Navy SEAL training that she went through, and she's, like, trying to explain to Octavia that, like, it's impossible for her to get there. And all those kind of things. I just like seeing the side of Dioza. Well, that's another thing. Like, if in season five, if you were going to be like, you're going to love Dioza at some point, I'd be like, mm. <laughs> Or just like, I love a lot of characters, but this, Dioza's going to be like one of the best of the season. And this is the final season. That's a big deal. So, do you respect her choice to destroy um, the helmet on the Bardo suit to I, stop Octavia? I think Octavia? it was really selfish. I mean, like mm-hmm. I said, Dioza wants to stay there, but like O said, it's like, what happens when you die and who and has to bury me or whatever? But then, like, Dioza was putting in Octavia. I'm like, okay, now that's even more selfish. Like, Octavia, while they're family, it's not – she didn't choose that. I mean, she was making the best of it, and they are family, and they love each other. But Octavia is a whole nother family on another moon, planet, whatever. You can't just – It is definitely a little selfish. Yeah. Not seeing it from her perspective, especially because Octavia's closeness and yearning for Bellamy is what causes the whole chain reaction to actually – Put the note into the lake, and that which gets picked up to Bardo, and actually pulls them, you know, down, brings all the enemies to Beta. So, I see what you're saying there. 
So that said, though, had she used the suit to get to the bottom of the lake, she would have dropped in Bardo and would have been absolutely screwed, probably. So, you know, in hindsight, it was probably a good play, but they didn't know it at the time. It was just uh, Dioza being petty. Uh, so I do kind of want to fast forward to the actual capturing scene. The disciples descend upon Beta. Take it from there. And at this point, Hope is 10 years old, right? Correct. Yes. So Octavia spent six years trying to escape, and then part of it, um, after Dioza ended up destroying the helmet, she tried to live their version of Happily Ever After, and then that's when the the Bardoites came down 10 years in. Bardoites. I I love that. that. Yeah, so uh, that means that now Hope is there by herself as a 10-year-old. So... Uh, we later learn in that time that she spent 10 more years there and a prisoner, as we know, Beta is the prison for Bardo and they can spend a 20-year life sentence, Bardo time, Beta for a weekend. So, like, it's really efficient, whatever. So the prisoner named Dev came down and that's who taught Hope how to fight and we learned that in that 10-year period, that's what she was doing. And then there's a two-year period which we are unsure about and I think that's where the confusion of how old Hope is and how much time was spent somewhere else comes into play, and that's what's going to be answered in the next 11 episodes. Yeah, and that that two-year gap that we're episodes. talking about was was confirmed. Um, I'm not sure if it was said at any point in the episode, but the writer, Jason Roth- Rothenberg. Rothenberg, came out and said that Hope's character is going to be 22 years old. So what that means for us is that we have... 20 years of her life explained, 10 being with Octavia, 10 being with the prisoner Dev, and then this other two-year period, which is going to be a huge part of the flashbacks, I think, that we're going to get going forward in the episodes. And what this is going to show us, some of the questions that we have to have answered in that two-year gap, is going to be how Octavia got from Barda to Alpha with Hope's biocode tattooed on her back. Uh, we're also going to need to learn what Hope's deal with the character Anders, who we're going to get into that in a little bit, how how she ended up going to Bardo and making a deal with their leader to to save her mother, Dioza, and then third, whatever Dioza's been up, for, up to for that whole two-year period. I think this will probably fill in a lot of the mystery around the biocodes in general. One of, yep. one of the questions I have is, like, how do they acquire that information? There's infinite possibilities of codes on these stones that you can use. How do they, like find specific people's codes how do they decipher those your guess is good as mine my friend exactly i'm (laughs) excited to to have all these (laughs) as much information as they did give us this episode there's still so many questions it's great it's great all right so i think this is a perfect time to kind of move into our second timeline so this is with our gabriel echo and hope situation where they in episode one they walk into the anomaly on alpha and then this episode this timeline starts with them arriving on beta and they came through the same exact spot that Octavia did, right out of the lake on Beta, which further confirmed that no matter where you're, as long, if you're coming from Alpha and going to Beta through the anomaly, that's the spot that you're going to appear at. So Gabriel and Echo have so many questions for Hope, and Hope is just kind of like bossy walking around. It's like, tell us more, maybe. Luckily, like, you though, lived here for 20 years. Luckily, though, Hope has her memory back. Exactly. And that is a gigantic point. But this is where we first learn, like, they're like, why'd you stab Octavia? Like, they're threatened by Hope almost, but Hope is our girl. We love Hope here. Um, so that's where you know, locator tag, gotta stab it in deep. And Octavia looked at her and understood. Like, she knew what she was doing, but we learned what Hope's plan was. So she was gonna jump back in after to save Dioza and oh, but it didn't work out, and she got stuck on Alpha, and then cue these three walking into the anomaly. Optimistic thinking right there. 
Yeah, truly. I don't know how. What she, it's like, I'll just jump back in. <laughs> it's a little Octavia of her. Old Octavia almost. Just no. kind of trying to be that badass. No, it was Hope said herself. she was going to hop back Yeah, in. that's what I'm saying. Her, oh, yeah. like, you know, imitating, imitating Octavia. I, so I feel like a lot of the scenes in the previous timeline were like Hope growing up and then like slowly becoming more and more like Octavia and like picking up a lot of Octavia's ticks more than Dioza's ticks. Yeah, Octavia was definitely an idol of Hope's and I think... While Hope loved her mom, she wanted to have the freedom to be able to grow into the warrior of all the stories that she heard about Octavia on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good parallel because earlier in the episode when Octavia is talking to Baby Hope, um, Baby Octavia is like, we can do, we can be with Clark and Maddie and stuff. And it, it's like a cool and parallel. And Murphy? And Murphy. Uh, so <laughs> I dude, died at that. Cool, it's honestly, like, not even Octavia. It's a cool parallel to when Clark was telling Maddie stories, and Maddie's like, when can Feed we? Feed me to it. Damn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a great parallel. But A but third I'm, parallel, got yeah, you right here, is, is Monty and Harper instilling everything in Jordan. The difference between Hope and Jordan is Hope's awesome, and... Jordan and, sucks. <laughs> yeah, Jordan's a little Jordan bitch. Sucks. That's Unparalleled parallels yeah. just coming that's, out that's here. That's a crime that Monty and... Harper, son, their child, is someone that we don't like. I thought he was going to be a good character. We're only two episodes yeah, in. Let's not crucify him. Basically, the moral of this story is there is there's a theme of kids growing up in the show with only either one human they can talk to, or like right. they 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 yeah. don't have life skills other yeah. than like I mean, I mean also not yeah life my, skills, my man was just trying skills. to get some pussy and then things kind of got out of control for him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't really blame him there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, My so take us, take us back to Gabriel Hope Echo timeline, B-Times. So once we get into the cabin, they run into the prisoner. Uh, the prisoner actually calls a doll that was in the cabin Hope, which was weird. He runs out of the cabin, and they proceed. Uh, what we find out is Hope tells us that her friend on the inside, and that's all she says, uh, was the one that gave her the note that she had in her arm, episode one. Uh, what the note contained, obviously, is a stone activation code, but that unfortunately got ruined when they went through the anomaly in the water, and they cannot retrieve the information that was on it. I would literally be like, who, what friend? I mean, I know it's television, and we're like, ooh, what friend? But if I'm Echo, I'm being like, what friend? What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Yep. Friend only, and that's Yeah, and Echo's a spy. Years. That's her thing, is like information. How would she not like, oh, learn about that? Let's just talk about... Echo, this episode. We yes. love Hot Echo. Stuff. Oh, my God. I never imagined her being such a lovable, like, great hero character. We were comparing Echo and Amori preseason, and Echo is big thumbs up this season so far. Amori, not so much. I wouldn't say she did anything wrong yet, because she, no. she had a little good acting with um when yeah. she's when she's being Kaylee Prime yeah. with uh Murphy. I, I didn't mind that. But Amori did a lot, would right? Would you ever think that they're going to give Echo this episode? I mean, this is one of the greatest episodes in the series and she is heading it. She's one of the main characters. It's unbelievable. With no Bellamy. Yeah. And be, uh, jumping off of that real quick, when you when you mentioned um her friend on the inside, I think we can eliminate Bellamy right away because why would Hope hold that information, especially when she name dropped Bellamy to Echo? A little bit earlier in the episode, so I think we can cross him off. Dioza doesn't make sense. It's like, gotta be I don't, someone random. I think it's Dev, honestly, because while we know be. that we find his body on there, he was a prisoner, so he may mm. have served his sentence, went back to Bardo, and then maybe he got caught being the friend on the inside and was sentenced back to Beta. I don't know. He's just the only person other than Anders that we know on Bardo. So, and Anders doesn't sound like he would do something like that. So 
my thought is that would be an interesting plot twist if Anders is a good guy. Yeah, so um, Anders sends people who aren't pulling their weight there. Basically, it's like a very religious, very intense uh, place, Bardo. So I guess whenever people aren't pulling their weight, that's where they send. But it was interesting because I was thinking, do they ever send more than one prisoner there? But I guess, like, you really don't need to. You just give it a day on Bardo, and then they'll be already back and serve their 10-year wow, sentence. Yeah. It's unbelievable. We also got a name drop here for, I keep saying Bardoites, but we can officially drop that and start calling them all the Disciples. What we know about the Disciples is it's explicitly stated that every person on the planet Bardo is a Disciple, and they are also all warriors. So we can assume that the average person that's living on Bardo is exactly like the people we saw on Alpha that were capturing Bellamy. They're all just smart. They're all fighters. They all have technology. So they're not just we're not just messing around with grounders here with, that have spears. You know, Th these are going to be a legit threat. Assuming Anders isn't the guy on the inside, which I no but you know yeah, he doesn't sound like a good guy right After they're fodder I'm, is what they are they they're gonna be fodder when they go up against our heroes no doubt about it so we're chasing down the prisoner and we find a bunch of dead people sitting around like because our prisoner is batshit i mean he's like she said hope says he's surviving on jellies he's probably going absolutely crazy just being alone on this planet so enter colin benson who we find gabriel uh, uh recognizes on his chest so he was the lone survivor of the allegiance three mission to beta and just a reminder the allegiance three mission from earth was five separate ships all under the alias of Allegis Three, but they were sent to five different planets. And those planets were Planet Alpha, which we know as the Lightborns, Planet Beta, which we know as Colin Benson, and then three other unknown planets. I think it was uh, Epsilon, Gamma, and Delta. Yeah, that yep. sounds right. Yes. And just another little uh, thing, Allegis Four, we know, is our prisoners from Season 5, 6, 7, Dioza, um, Shaw, uh, even though he's not a prisoner, but that was the Allegis 4, so Allegis 3 is what Luke just said. So, after that, Gabriel pulls the mind drive out, and we know what a mind drive is. It's funny, like, Hope's looking at this, like, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, so he uh, plugs it in, and of course, our girl, Becca from Hada, none other, pops up, and first of all, why am I so excited to see Becca? Yeah, I was right. like, yo! Anyway, um, so we find out that she designs the mind drives to record everything they did, so if they came up dead, they would have all the data. You're excited to see Becca because she's the best character. There is no The Hunter without Becca. She caused the nuclear holocaust in the beginning by making Allie, but I love Becca. I know, but for some reason, I was still not expecting to see her. I was like, go! Oh, it's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. Now that it's happened and we've seen her, like, looking back, if she didn't pop up in the last season, that would have been a little sad. It is. Honestly, I hope she plays a little bit bigger part going forward. The hundred, the hundred's so good at pulling back characters that are dead for, you know, yeah. mind drive purposes, flashback purposes. Like, we had Pike recently. We had yeah. Monty for a little bit there. Like, they're so good at getting the actors to just sign on, except for Lincoln and uh, Jasper. Yeah. That's that's Which outside. is a nice, like, it's, it's an interesting, like, storytelling device where... They kind of get to explore a lot of the characters' minds, and that gives them such free reign to bring literally anyone back from any point in the season. And as fans, it's awesome to see characters that we love come back. I mean, just think about it. Gabriel existed in the same time as Becca, and this was as hundreds of years in the future. And, of course, we first see Becca in the finale of 2 as Allie. So it's like me and Luke had this whole conversation. It's like, what was planned? Because that's yeah. end of season 2. Because 3 is Allie. 
it, it's and then and the Allegis missions were told about relatively early, like three or four seasons in. Finale um, of four, yeah. yeah. Finale of four, mm-hmm. yeah. That's when we actually see the ship pulling o- over the um, Clark and Maddie's, you know, scene at the end of the. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I think they've they haven't had this much planned out. But once they were told that this mo- was going to be the final season, they 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 did put the the dominoes in play for for this to play out exactly as we're taking it. I'm fucking loving it. Yeah, and I mean it's an easy way. For them to kind of slot her in there. Because mm-hmm. they're talking about something that happened in that timeline. Like at that time where she was on Earth. And they're about to leave with Allegis 3. So it makes sense that she would be there. And be around there. And then obviously if they want to just put her in. They just pop and her And then connecting it to Gabriel makes it even that yeah. much sweeter. Because that had to not been planned obviously. That was just a cool little way. Just you know full circle. Like ooh did I have a crush on her. Yeah. Gabriel Massive has good crush. taste. He has good taste. <laughs> yeah he does. Absolutely he does. And we'll get to yeah, Gabriel's we'll, taste we'll get later we'll on. Yeah yeah. <laughs> little preview of the remix there anyway so what we learned from becca uh gabriel takes the memory drive he actually corrects himself because i think the people of alpha slash sanctum call them mind drives he stutters and corrects himself their memory drives what we find out he plugs that into his ipad because him and russell made an ipad and it made it through the anomaly (laughs) i can't stop talking about this ipad where did it come from that you're not allowed to have any extraneous items on you when you travel through the anomaly tell me Anyway, go ahead. I can't possibly tell you, unfortunately. I don't have the answers. Anyway, he puts the memory drive from Colin Benson into the iPad, and Becca appears. It's essentially playing back all the memories of whoever the memory drive belonged to. So the first memory that anybody has would be Becca Franco in a lab saying, hi, you know. Post-surgery. Post-surgery, essentially. Becca says uh, the memory drives were originally designed to be a data retrieval system so that the mothership of Allegius, uh, the mothership crew from the Allegius missions could determine what happened to a dead mission team if they were, you know, put on a planet and it was uninhabitable. They just died so they could retrieve that information. And that's that's the background of the memory drives. Another thing that Becca tells us here is it's a subtle little comment, she says, about the um, the black hole that's actually relatively close to some of the planets that we're now orbiting and um what we're told is that beta which is skyring the prison planet is farther from the black hole compared to planet alpha and what that tells us is that basically is just an easy sci-fi way of explaining away the time dilation for it to kind of make sense in base reality so i really kind of like that line I just want to jump in and say we are to assume that Alpha and Bardo are on the same timeline. Like, if you're living on Bardo and Alpha, you're aging at the same time. And that's not in the episode, but it's been confirmed on different sites by Jason. And So, yeah, just to make things easy, we do have to work under that assumption. So what happens next is Gabriel is viewing Colin's memories being played back through the iPad. Um, and actually... Colin figures out how to activate the stone. It's a pretty cool way how he does it. He he must have been a really, really, really smart guy. But he figures out how to activate the stone by inputting a code. Gabriel views this memory through the iPad and gets so excited, he runs outside to Hope and Echo and says, I need a pen, I need a pen, so he can write down the code that he sees. We come back into the cabin, and the deranged prisoner has picked up the iPad and destroys it eventually. And that was an Awful scene. I hated that. So we know that Colin died on Beta. His body's there. So he was 
I mean, why would he be putting his own code in? Because then he would just be there. So he had to. Pro- he was most likely putting someone else's code in to suck them back yeah. there. But do you think he was purposely putting in someone else's code, or he was just like using the instrument that is escaping me? What he was using, but just he just hit it randomly, it and then was, something ended up working, and then it something was a happened. Stethoscope paired with a ground vibration monitor so essentially he had a very very sensitive got gabriel in the house vibration <laughs> monitor that and that's why he was not specifying anybody's code in particular yeah. i think he was just trying to get a code yeah because if you got stranded on that island by on that island on that planet by yourself like he doesn't know what that thing mm-hmm. is how could he he and knew it, it was something though yeah. and if it's just randomly putting in random bio codes until something happens it's so much more likely that is just pulling over someone as we saw yeah. um when octavia got the tag the locator tag put into her and pulled somewhere else i think colin was putting in someone's biocode and it was pulling it in and that's the last thing we actually get to see before um i think the video ends right there right also it's kind of funny like that was yes. however many years ago and who knows if gabriel put that code in, it's like putting in a dead person's code like it was yeah, hundreds of point, years also, ago yeah. but i mean right. you never know yeah people on bardo could live for 500 years just like gabriel yeah. or uh like russell all the primes so because if it's colin's code it's useless because colin's dead yeah boy is he he's very dead <laughs> yeah well this takes us to the unfortunate realization that i had recently that gabriel is the only living nightblood on planet beta so what that opens the door to the possibility echoes a nightblood oh echoes also a nightblood yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so we can use so so my thought i'm trying to get out is that what we're going to use that mind we can't use the ipad anymore to play back colin's memories so that kind of just leaves the door open to putting it into either echo or gabriel essentially killing their personality and re-bringing uh reanimating colin benson from the dead in in the prime style uh, you better stop yeah fuck that. that shit oh my god but they do there's a scene and make her be it yeah it, if only <laughs> when he if is only. either popping out the mind drive or something there is a shot where it's gabriel from behind mm-hmm. and his scar is like very obvious oh, or prominent oh, in no. the shot don't do it i don't want it to happen foreshadowing the problem yeah, is sucks. that is such a good way for the writers to give us some background information on everything colin benson learned about bardo and everything he knows about Beta, the time dilation. So yeah, but just, I want to figure just... it out with Gabriel. I don't want me someone to just tell me. I agree. I don't think man. we can get rid of Gabriel and his knowledge either. No. I know okay, Colin we can get rid of Echo smart. either. Oh my God, I know. E- but let's just put a pin in it right here. Echo's not taking that L. If anyone's yeah. putting no. in that That's chip, true. it's gonna be Gabriel. Yeah. Well, and he'll yeah. he'll do it. He'll be like, yeah. I've lived X amount of years. Yeah, I'm I'm good. He for got it. to see Becca Bromheda again. Goddamn prison. Yeah, exactly. And also that wouldn't be a death sentence because they could take Collins out and not that he would oh, do they it could willingly, take but out. Yeah, yeah, they could just what a life that would be the swap. Wow, but nobody I'm telling you, crazy. nobody on uh beta can do the surgery. I mean Gabriel can like walk them through it and be like, This is what you have to do. You need a doctor. You can't just have like they said, Oh, Jackson, we talked about earlier, like maybe Jackson could do it, something mm-hmm. but Hopefully we just, you know, create a new iPad. We get to keep all oh my friends. Oh my gosh, imagine. Piece that iPad right back together. Maybe you just had two in the knapsack. That <laughs> oh, maybe, that would maybe be very Gabriel of him. Guys, I forgot the second iPad I had. That would be very Gabriel. <laughs> but then it would double our anger that he was able to get the iPad through the anomaly. <laughs> all right, so... two iPads is bulkier than one iPad. So real quick, I know I know we kind of just stepped away from Becca Franco a little... Uh, Becca Primeda, also known as Becca Franco, which is her earth name 
Um, I want to go on a little bit of a tinfoil tangent here. Um, you guys can stop me if mm. I start going too far, but let, let me just cover this real quick. This is just a crazy theory that I've been seeing around the internet, and I, I'm totally here for it. So anyway, I wanted to quickly remind everyone how Becca died all the way back in 100 years before the, the start of the series. Um, originally what happened is Becca, Becca was the reason that Allie, the AI, was created that ended up nuking all of Earth and creating all of that radiation poisoning, essentially wiping out the majority of, of humanity. So what she was doing is she was actually orbiting the Earth for, I think it was two years after the nuclear launch. And what she was doing was perfecting a serum that would later be called the Nightblood. And her goal with creating the serum was to cure radiation poisoning and basically make it possible to live on Earth's surface again, regardless of the amount of radiation. She's the best. Yeah, she's awesome. So anyway, after she eventually achieved this, because she does everything in the series, <laughs> uh, she went back to Earth to see what remained and give that serum to any of the survivors so she could start repopulating the species. Um, the place she landed is what we later came to know as the city of Polis or the infamous bunker, which is where we, we got one the creation of one crew and the whole cannibal scene um, season. So that that's the area that she first landed at. Um, and the, the first person that Becca ended up running into was the second Dawn cult and their leader. And his name was Bill Cadogan. So when Becca came down and explained the situation and basically offered to save all these people so they didn't have to live in the bunker and use these hazmat suits just to walk around Earth, Earth, they burned her at the fucking stake. Just burned her alive. And we, I think we saw this at the end of season two. Season. Yes. Yeah. We Very saw... end of season two when Murphy's in trapped in his own bunker, that house. Yeah. Okay. So the reason I bring all of this up is because I think it's just way too much of a coincidence that they're going to reintroduce Becca, who was killed by a cult, in the same episode that were introduced to a new cult, being the Disciples, with their new leader, which is the equivalent of Bill Cadogan in Anders. So what do you guys think? Is there? Am I just grasping at straws here? Or do you think there's any possibility of a relationship between the Second Dawn cult and, and the Disciples who are... On planet Bardo. There's something about the Disciples and the inhabitants of Bardo, I think. Gabriel and Echo have an exchange where Echo asks, what do you think the odds are that it was completely random, the Allegius missions, you know, were going to these planets that all had the anomaly? And he said, oh, it's, it's highly likely they were aware of this transit system. But to go back to the whole cult thing... They're called the Second Dawn, the one... The Second Dawn cult was the one on Earth, and the Disciples are Bardo, yeah. They didn't go into it too much, but I feel like I remember there was, like, a a decoy bunker for some of the lower-level people of that cult that was essentially a death sentence Mm -hmm. that they thought was going to work, but it didn't. But I I feel like they kind of touch on a very high-status members of society were able to pay a lot of money to be the 12th peg of this cult. It's very possible that that was a successful, or the part of the cult that actually was able to survive in that bunker, a very small select amount of people, and maybe they're the ones that are on Bardo now, or their descendants. The issue I have with that is, I think the Allegis missions left significantly earlier compared to that point in time so if it, if they're going to explain away that the people of bardo came from those survivors of the second dawn cult mm. it's going to have to be explained away in a in a different um it, they can't use allegis three but yeah, no. what they could do well, is somehow find a way to incorporate an anomaly stone that was on earth Ooh, 
shit. I like that. I was going to say yeah, that could it do we we don't know when the Second Dawn cult was formed. I don't know. I, because I, it's impossible that you know with the second the Second Dawn cult was real beforehand and leading up to the Legion's missions that it's within the realm of possibility that someone on the mission was a member of the Second Dawn cult. Yeah. And then brought cult-like tendencies and belief systems. Basically, like Illuminati, like yeah. high level. Yeah. That, I, then I they just that. went to habit, you know, to, you know, start to populate another planet. Mm-hmm. Or, I or guess, this or could all just bring be, it, yeah, to Bardo. This could all just be dog shit, and it's yeah. just the third cult yeah. of the entire show. So yeah. I mean, either one. I'm gonna jump in and correct myself because I said it was the end of season two. It's not. It's when Jaha is like driving Clark to and Bellamy to go see the bunkers. End um, of season. That, t- that Brian talked about. Um, but then I'm gonna jump in the other way. Who could be on Bardo? Gabriel thinks it could be one of the Gamma, Delta, or Epsilon mission um, from Allegis 3. Yeah, he does uh, kind of hypothesize that it's possible. But could could the Dawn people be on one of those missions? Is that even possible? Anything's possible. We're Anything two episodes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anders is the son of Bill Cadogan. I would love that somehow if that works. Oh, Anders Cadogan. <laughs> Anders Cadogan. What a terrible name. <laughs> we don't even know if that's yeah. how we pronounce the last name, by the way. We're just doing it by the way it's spelled. Yeah, we only but... see his face through an old video, so you you know, there's not a lot to go on here, but it, it's just a fun theory. Yeah. Do we think Anders is going to be bald? I feel like he has like a bald guy vibe. He has to. Evil yeah. people. Yeah, like leading the disciplines on this Bardo planet Lex that's like Luther. very He's gonna technologically be advanced. They're all warriors there. He's going to be ripped. He's a jacked bald dude. I don't okay, know sorry. him yet, but I'm so excited to hate him. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's a good me? point. Like, that's a very hateable name and yeah, a very hateable a good guy. Point. Sorry to all our followers named Anders. So anyway, pivoting back, the prisoner fucks up the iPad. The only iPad on beta. The one iPad. <laughs> one, the one extraneous item that could make it through the anomaly, and he breaks it on the ground. He's going to have a little like iPod shuffle or something. Yeah. Guys, I, I have the shuffle here. It's weird to me because they... Gabriel kind of goes through a little bit of an explanation of why he shouldn't destroy the iPad and all the benefits of not destroying the iPad. But you could tell right away that the prisoner was so crazy and so obsessive with the disciple cult that there was no talking him into anything. But it's weird because why would he still be Team Bardo, Team the Disciples, when he's been sentenced there for 5, 10, 15 years? We don't know anything about that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. By the way he was speaking, the prisoner, it seemed like he did respect his sentence that was given to him, and he felt obligated to serve it. And there's a quote that he kind of, like, screams right before he actually smashes the iPad. He says, I serve the master and his shield and his sword for all mankind. So... Oh, he uses the word mankind. Yeah, so Anders and the disciples may fancy themselves, you know, the last hope for humanity, as is a recurring thing. They know that people are on Sanctum. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just curious that they would use the term mankind or, like, and or humanity. Yeah, yeah, that's making me think that that they have to be humans People, yeah. It would be a completely different Yeah, you lived in in a different planet in another galaxy across the universe. Like, what are the odds they also call themselves mankind? Good catch. I love that. Well, I mean, we found the body and it was a human. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I'm standing monkey primate. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you never know. Human, mankind. That's pretty specific, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we took that one astro class in college <laughs> that we asked that question it was like what are the odds like if there's life on another planet that they would look like us and it's very low zero basically because it has everything to do with the environment i'm gonna go ahead and say it's one of the allegius gamma delta epsilon missions it's gotta be that's my strongest working theory as well yeah i i think that makes the most sense 
I can't wait to find out more. Though. I know we're only two episodes yeah. in, and it's the saddest part is that Gabriel says the when he, he talk, they're talking about like the bridge and the stones and everything, and he's like theoretically like you could travel the universe with this, and we're in the last season. And he drops a line like that, and I it's know, like goddamn. And this had so much potential. This could have been like a ten season show, and it we was, would have been here for the whole thing. It was season five that ended with a little blurb that said "end book one," and we all got so excited. Book one of how many? You know, this is gonna be like two books, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I think that wraps it up. I do have a few things that I like. Um, so I have two quotes from Hope. One saying, um, the spy stabbed her boyfriend's sister and kicked her over a cliff. It's like, it's classic, the hundred, where we're like, that goes our girl. And then it's like, oh, fuck, she did do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you get reminded. Yep. are fast here, baby. Yeah. Well, um, they the, do bad things very quickly, yeah. too. <laughs> and the second one is when Hope says, what is it about Bellamy that he has otherwise sensible wim- women willing to die for him? Like, too true. I would. <laughs> 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 would die for that boy. <laughs> Bellamy's our guy. Um... And going off of that, I'm glad that Hope and Echo kind of buried the hatchet. I think they were just two alpha dogs that were kind of button heads, you know, strong personalities. But uh, when they find Octavia's note, they kind of have an emotional embrace. And that that was nice that they're all on the same team. We talked about in the in the um, preview episode that we didn't think that Octavia was going to have a redemption arc that was going to fulfill us. But boy... Like, the understanding of all of Bellamy's motivations in that note was just absolutely heartbreaking and perfect. And Two speaking, seasons? Oh, sorry. They I proved gonna, you wrong very quickly. I know, but I was going to pivot back into, speaking of heartbreaking, we do find out that um, Hope's vision when they're close to the anomaly in episode one is actually a hallucination. So we think it's Octavia coming to her, but it's really a hallucination of her probably saddest moment of her life when Dioza and Octavia both get taken and Octavia is telling her, be quiet, don't say anything. Yeah, I think heart- it's heartbreaking, but it's also a little satisfying for me personally because, like, the uh, what would the other possibility would be that like Octavia can like travel realms and it's, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. In, like, I agree. A, like, a, I, mean, I don't even know what the word works. would be. Like, she's like a metaphysical being. Like, that just seems odd. Yeah. So that was that was a situation where bad writing was avoided. But yeah. B times, you want to take us through some of our gripes with this episode? So the first one, which we actually kind of touched on, was. Right when Echo, Hope, and Gabriel emerge from the lake, Echo right off the bat says, Oh, I wasn't able to hang on to my gun. However, Gabriel was very conveniently able to travel with a full-on iPad. iPad Plus, I dare say. <laughs> I don't know. It's We don't really like that that was able to happen, though we, we do like the iPad. The second one was Hope's... Right when they're trying to get their bearings, Hope says... I was on Sanctum for how long? About a single day? Given the time differential, I haven't been here, meaning Beta, for hundreds of years. Given every other context of time dilation given to us, this episode, that is way off the mark from how we're trying to gauge this. One day should not equal multiple hundreds of years. I really hope that was just kind of like a in-the-moment, heat-of-passion, just throwaway line because I I just can't figure out a way that make this all work if if it truly was a hun- hundreds of years in those the span of that day or so yeah that would put alpha and bardo on separate timelines if we hold that true at the same time as holding gabriel's you know you could send a weekend you could serve a weekend sentence yeah yeah exactly right. yeah God, in an, in an episode like this, why would they have a throwaway line like I that? When you're know. studying every single line, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just to throw us off the trail, though. Yeah, I like, think we. That's not fair, though. They just plant in like a bogus line on purpose, like almost a lie. 
Life's not fair, Kyle. Yeah, that's a good point. All of the characters and and people that are part of the production of the hundred can speak no. They can only speak of praise when it comes to Jason Rothenberg's writing. So I'm yeah. gonna trust that that there's a plan here, and maybe it was a throwaway line, maybe not, but we'll see where it goes. Other than that, lots of information, airtight writing. <laughs> we love yeah. it. Um, Are so we ready? Let's, yeah, let's get into uh, the favorite segment, which is Bang, Kill, Marry. We're going to do it this week from Gabriel's perspective. And we've got Josephine, Echo, and Becca Franco, a.k.a. Promheda. This is such a good one. All his girls. We love talking Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, too. <laughs> so I can kick us off. I've had, like Gabriel, a crush on Becca since we first saw her, she's smart, sexy. That red dress. Like, that red, red dress. dress. Yeah, Allie counts. Allie counts. Yeah. Um, so if I'm Gabriel, I'm marrying Becca. Josephine was kind of crazy, and Echo has been cash money this season. So I would, I would, uh, I would bang Echo, and then I would kill Josephine. Are you Gabriel? I wish. <laughs> He's everything I want to be. Gabriel, this podcast. Yeah, that's sure. a very good point. I'll, I'll finish next because mine's similar. I'm flipping where you had Echo and Josephine, and I'll, I'll explain real quick. So Becca is the easy marry because if Gabriel married Becca, that is the power couple of the universe. They can do whatever the fuck they want. So that's just an easy marry. Um, I'm going to bang Josephine and kill Echo because I'm probably the last person on Bingetown that isn't completely sold on Echo. Don't hate me. But uh, I'm, I'm willing to get there. She's made some progress in the last episode or two. Um, and then Josephine's just beautiful, but she was a bitch, so you couldn't marry her. There you go. Um, I am going to... Oh, this pains me because Josephine is Gabriel's one true love. But I... I'm going to I'm gonna marry Josephine. I really am, I think. But I wanted to hop right in. So there was a commercial about coronavirus and stuff, and Josephine's actress was in it. So we are theorizing that she's going to be in the show again, which is so high. Probably a flashback, obviously. It'll be flashbacks, but it'll um, still be cool. So, yeah, marry Josephine, kill Echo, just because of Gabriel's, like, I don't know. I, don't, I think that he she means less, and then fuck Becca, and good for him for it. Except, yeah, I think Echo's at a bit of, of a, at a disadvantage in this matchup. So I right away I would say kill Echo. That's sad. She was really rocking the shit out of that skin tight turtleneck. But so Echo's dead. I feel like she he has to marry Becca because he knows what it's like to like go through like almost infinite lifetimes with fucking around with Josephine, True. and he doesn't like it. You know, he has her mind drive, and he says he keeps it, like, just to, what, like, know that she's gone. Love ain't easy, Kyle. Oh, I agree. I agree. So that's why he's going to fuck her one last time. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's it. All right. Love it. As always, we're going to be following Season 7 of The 100 Weekly with a podcast after every episode. Next up is Episode 3, titled False Gods. If you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Once again, we are Bingetown TV, and thanks for listening.